Coming to you from the Barrier Islands Center on Virginia's eastern shore, this is Sharing the Mic with David Phillips. In each episode, we try to give you a different perspective of life on the eastern shore, whether it's about an occupation or simply stories of what people who have lived here have done in their careers. If you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Sharing the Mic is a monthly podcast with each new episode appearing the first of each month. My guest is Tavia Williams-Griffin. Tavia received a Bachelor of Arts degree in Public and Urban Affairs from Virginia Tech and a Master's degree in Community Planning from the University of Maryland, College Park. Tavia is a certified planner and serves as the Director of Planning and Codes Compliance for the city of Williamsburg, Virginia. Tavia Williams-Griffin, welcome to yes. Sharing the Mic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You grew up in Cape Charles, is that right? Well, I actually grew up maybe two or three miles from Cape Charles in the little small village of Fairview. Okay. Yes. I understand that one day you were driving by this building that you'd been by many, many times with your grandmother, and I think this was in 2009. When you passed it, you asked her what it was, and what did she say to you? We we passed the building, like you said, that we pass all the time. I think we were going down to get some ice cream. And I looked to my left, and I said, what is that building, and why is it just sitting there? And she said, well, that was the building that black children used that went to Cape Charles, that lived in Cape Charles, and that was their school. And uh, I asked her if anyone she knew went to that school, and if she went to that school, she did not. But she had a list of people who she thought had went to that school. So that day, that night, I went home to my grandmother's house, and I called those people. Why did you call them? Well, I am an urban planner by profession, and I love historic preservation, and I, I wanted to know if anything had been done, if what was going to happen to the school, why was it just sitting there, um, and I wanted to get something started so we could rehab the school. Who did you talk to? Who are some of the people that you talked yes, to? Yes, I called Diane Davis. No, you know um, Diane. Diane, Miss, Miss Davis was my teacher in, in high school. She taught me shorthand and several other other things. And I called her, and she was a student. I talked to uh, Mr. Nottingham, John Nottingham. He was actually a teacher at the school. I also talked to my cousin. Her name is Lily Mitchell-Smith, and she went to the school also, and I spoke to her. Many of the Rosenwald schools that I've read about all across the country were wooden structures. However, the one in Cape Charles is a brick building. Have you any idea how that got to be in little old Cape Charles? <laughs> yes. So there were around 5,000 schools built in the right. rural south, over 15 states. Um, Virginia had about 300, 360-some. There were two campaigns. The first campaign started in 1913 and went to 1920, and these were the wooden structures. And our building was built 1928-1929, and that was the second phase of the building program, and it included brick structures. 
Okay. Do you remember how many teachers? I know that they had a one-teacher building, a two-teacher building, mm-hmm. on up to about 11 teachers. Yes. How many teachers were in the Cape Charles school? Our school is a four-teacher okay. building, um, but they had more classrooms than that. They would break the classrooms up, and they also had an office that served as a principal's office and served as a library. Mm-hmm. But it was a four-teacher school with an auditorium. Right. Yes. Right. I've yes. been in there. Oh, good. And uh, good. it's quite the structure. Yes, I mean, it is. I always went by and would would say, you know, I think this ought to be a supper club. What's a supper club? <laughs> well, when I was growing up, supper clubs were like nightclubs. Oh, okay. Uh, you okay. know, but you'd go and have dinner, and then mm-hmm. they'd bring an orchestra in and. People would dance. Oh, okay. But they don't have those anymore. Okay. Well, you can surely run out the building for dances <laughs> once we rehab it. Good. Did the Cape Charles School follow the same formula that most of the Rosenwald schools followed, that 40% mm-hmm. came from local funds and 40% uh, came from the Rosenwald Foundation, and then 20% came from the local municipality, the county or the city or whatever. No, it didn't follow that structure. When I went back and looked up some research, Fisk University has a database of all of the Rosenwald schools in the rural south. And from their information, the total cost of the school was $19,400, which— wow. Seems crazy, but that's how much it was. Um, a thousand of that was given by African Americans, eighteen hundred from the Rosenwald Special Fund, and then sixteen thousand six hundred from the public, and that would have been Northampton County. So that's a substantial amount of more than forty percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. Well, hats off to Northampton County yes. for coming up to the plate. Yes, I mean. That's great. Yes. When did the Cape Charles School close? It closed in 1966. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have alumni on our board, and we have alumni that are just around that are on our mailing list that went to the school as early as 1928 when it opened. And then we have some that were there in 1966. But 1966 was the year that the school closed. I see. Do you happen to know who the leaders in Cape Charles or Northampton County were at the time the school was built? You know what? I I was trying to get a hold for this for this time that I have with you today. I remember having the document or the minutes from the meeting that approved the school, and I have not been able to get my hands on it. But I, I do know that question, that answer, but I don't have it here today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You'll get back to I'll me get on back that. To you. I'll get back to you. Yes. <laughs> Tell me who you've assembled to make the the uh, renovation. Yes. And what do you plan to do with the building yes. once it's up and running? Well, that's a loaded question. So I'll start with who have we assembled. We have an awesome board. Um, one of the things that we wanted to do was to make sure that we had the voice of alumni on our board. Mm-hmm. So like I said before, we have that. We have names you might recall or know. Valentina Evans is on our board. Sure. Um, Thomas Godwin is an advisor, as well as Diane Davis, as well as um, a, a lady named Kim Abad is on our board. Beth Walker is on our board. Um Roberta Newman, um, Pastor Felton Sessoms, um, 
If I name everyone, I'm bound to leave someone out, so I'll stop there. But we have a host of people on our board that really care about what we're trying to do. Um, We recently requested a um, grant from the Virginia Department of Housing and Housing and Community Development for a million dollars. And this is called an IRF grant. And we received over 20 letters of support from organizations from Accomac to Northampton County. Um, They included um, who I would say is our number one partner at this time, of course, the town of Cape Charles, also the um, Northampton County Board of Supervisors. We received a letter. We um, got a letter from the school board. Also, the Eastern Shore Community College. Our our building will actually have a class um, from the community college there. And we're excited about that because we know, and from statistics, what we know is that several people, many people in the lower shore, Northampton County, cannot afford to make that trip up to the, the school. So we will have a class here where they will be able to take advantage of the class and it will be taught by professors from the Eastern Shore Community College. And that letter of intent is in place and we have a wonderful relationship with the college. We also will use this space for workforce development. Mm-hmm. And we have letters of support from... I. I, I grew up here, so I'm going to date myself, but I say Bayshore Concrete, and I know that's not right. So, um, But we, we have letters of support from several businesses and organizations where they have said they will be able to use our space for workforce training. And right now, they don't have that space anywhere on the shore. So we are excited about the, the possibilities and all the programming that we'll, we'll have coming through. And it's really... We are gearing up to be a multi-generational education center, teaching not only adults, but the youth. What will the college teach? Have you gotten that far? Is it going to be continuing education, or is it going to be one of their courses in their normal curriculum? It will will be continuing education, and we also will have um, classes that will be for high school students as a track. Instead of them, right now, high school students can go to the college from Northampton. Well, wouldn't it be easier if they can come to Cape Charles than making that trek up to to, um, the the college? So they will be able to come here and take those classes at our in our space. Terrific. Mm-hmm. That's terrific. So you're going to have classes there. Yes. You said it was multi-generational. Yes. How young mm-hmm. to how old? Well, we have not um, got specific programming in place at this time. As you know, we're, we're just in the phase one of rehab. So if you take a look maybe around December, you'll see our new roof coming in. And um, then we'll go inside the building and do some asbestos removal and lead paint removal. So the programming that we're thinking is really having um, younger children. and We don't have it all together yet, Mm -hmm. but um, we'll have space outside for outside recreation and outside teaching um, opportunities. Mm -hmm. And we really want, we have a large population here of retired persons, and we really want to glean off of their wisdom and bring in um, teenagers and maybe tweens to learn from them. And maybe that's math tutoring. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's how to land a job. Maybe that's interview skills. Maybe that's public speaking. 
the, we really want to tap into the expertise that we know is on the shore to help those that live here and have lived here for generations because we see opportunity. Um, unfortunately, Northampton County is one of the poorest counties in, in the Commonwealth, and we want to change that dynamic, and we feel that we could do that through educational programming. We also know that we have NASA, right? what we call up the road. If you're from here, you call it up the road. And we're we're trying to make sure that we have the workforce. When we have these businesses coming in, we're talking about offshore windmills and rocket launches and all these things. And why not be, why not have the talent here and grow the talent here so when these businesses come, we are able to plug into those jobs where they're not just bringing people to come here, but we're plugging in and we have the workforce that they need. And so that's the, that's the idea, and that's what we've talked to the community college about. Boy, that's exciting. It is. Will there be daycare? Is that part of the plan to have sort of a daycare center for very young? We we have not talked about that, but like I said, my profession, I'm an urban planner, and one of the things that we struggle with in, you know, when we're trying to figure out a comprehensive plan and you're trying to get people to come out to meetings, one of the hindrances that we see is that young families need care. It's not like they don't want to come to the meeting and they don't want their voice to be heard, but their children are priority. So I don't know if we'll have a daycare center per se. That's something that we have not discussed. So I can say that's not on the table, but I will not say that if we have a programming that is geared toward young mothers, that we would not have some opportunity to bring their kids, that we would have someone to take care of them so they can take advantage of the programs. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that uh, very soon we'll be seeing the new roof come on. Yes. What's the timeline? Do you have a timeline for Mm -hmm. when things are to be done and when do you plan to have a grand opening? Hmm. So our 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 goal is twenty twenty four. In the twenty yeah, twenty twenty four is is our goal to actually open the building. Um we have raised about eight hundred thousand dollars to purchase the building and also for phase one. And phase one um included some um Abate will include abatement. It includes abatement of lead and asbestos. It includes us putting on a new roof. Um, that is the original roof from 1929, and mm-hmm. it's done a wonderful job. But it is time for it to to go. Mm-hmm. Um, if is it as an asbestos roof or it a is. slate? It is an asbestos As- roof. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've gone by the school um, lately, you may see that two trees have have come down, and we hated to take those trees down, but there was some damage to the trees, and the trees were also leaning on the roof. So that was a part of phase one. Also, phase one includes temporary electric going into the building so we can move forward with everything else. And then phase one also includes some window restoration. Um, our next phase... The total that we're trying to raise is $2.2 million. Mm-hmm. And so phase two actually gets us into the building to start the rehab. Um, on our board is, I mentioned Beth Walker. And Beth, if for those who don't know, she is the owner and operator of the Northampton Hotel, that historic hotel, and that is what she does for a living. She's a historic, um, I don't know if she would call herself a historic preservationist, but she 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 does a wonderful job in restoring historic structures. And so she is on our board, and she is our project manager for this. And she's done an excellent job in moving us forward. Terrific. Say people are interested after they hear this, and yes. they want to get involved. 
How can they do that? Well, we do have a website. It's cc for Cape Charles, rosenwallschool.org. So that's ccrosenwallschool.org. On there, you will see information about how we got started, who our board members are. Um, we did an oil history project, and you'll get to hear from some alumni to tell you about their experiences at school. And there's also, you can put in your email, and we will begin to send you our newsletter. We have a newsletter coming out at the end of September, beginning of October. So if you're interested in staying on top of what we're doing, please, that is pretty much the best way. To, to stay on top of it as we have someone that's helping us send out those e-blasts so people can know what we're doing. I did want to mention one other thing. I, I failed to, to mention that we will have a community kitchen inside of our space, and the auditorium will be multi-purpose, where if you want to have a meeting, maybe for a family reunion or for your business, and you want to do training, you'll have the ability to come in and do that. Um, it also has a stage. The original stage is there, and so we will use that stage for programming. But like I said, we really want this to be a place where people have opportunity to have upward economic mobility. And so that community kitchen will be used, we hope, as an incubator space. So for for those people that are interested in in restaurants, they're interested in food production, and don't have the financing or capital to be able to go into a brick and mortar, they will be able to come into our community kitchen and use that space to produce their products. From what we understand, we, we in contact with somebody who lives on the shore but actually travels all the way to Farmville in order to package and to produce her items that she sells. And we don't want her to have to do that. So um, uh, her and others like that, we plan on having that community kitchen so they'll be able to use that for their business. That's just terrific. I have a friend who, for a while, she was doing fermentation. That's the word I've been searching for. And I remember she had to jump through hoops in order to be able to do that in her own kitchen. And, you know, had the community kitchen been available at that time, Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of that red tape would have kind of just disappeared. That's right. So that's exciting. We're going to, I think it's something that's needed. And um, I hope people will take advantage of it. Well, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I do want to thank the town of Cape Charles. They have been wonderful partners. Um, Just recently, I don't know if you saw, it was in the paper, they had property behind the school. And this is interesting because in the Fisk University database, it says that, that the property was originally three acres. And... When we purchased the school, it was, we had two acres. So I'm not sure what happened in between there, but doesn't matter because the town and being so gracious, they gifted us six additional acres. So we have a total of around 8.2 or 8.3 acres um, in our space. And we plan on having programming there. We plan on doing interpretation interpretations there. There was a May Day celebration that the school had, and every alumni that participated in the alumni um, or the Oral History Project, each one of them spoke about May Day. So we're going to recreate that May Day experience, and that'll be one of our annual events, and we have enough space to do that and invite everyone to come with the eight acres that we we now have. So um, thanks to the town of Cape Charles, and there are many others, but they have really come alongside and have been nothing um, but supportive since 2009 when we started this. They have been with us all the way. That is terrific. Yes. And 
2009. Man, yeah. you've been at this for a long time. You know, we ha- I have, but I, I really didn't even think about it. My husband's probably thought about it. <laughs> but um, I, we, we, we can't stop until it's done. The thing is, in 2009, we started, we got the... the um, the marker, the historic marker, played in 2011, and we had a program at First Baptist Church, Pastor Sesame's Church is on our board, and I was looking through those pictures, and some of those alumni who were there in 2011 are not with us anymore. Right. And so we want to make sure that the alumni that we have now, we want them to see this happen. They, they have to see this happen, so we can't—it it, it has to get done. There's no alternative. Tavia? Yes. Thank you so much for being with me. You're welcome. I've enjoyed it. You have been listening to Sharing the Mic with David Phillips, produced by the Barrier Islands Center on Virginia's Eastern Shore. Sally Dickinson, Executive Director. Kristen Dennis, Office and Marketing Manager. Megan Ames, Director of Planning and Development. Tracy Jones, Director of Education. The Barrier Island Center is located at 7295 Young Street in Machipongo, Virginia, 23405. The website is www.barrierislandscenter.org. If you have comments or questions about this podcast, please direct them to bicpodcast at icloud.com. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Until next time, stay safe and be well.